0: time for our Phelps Health program and uh, Paige Heidman is your host. Good morning,
1: Paige. Good morning, Lee. Glad to be back, filling in for summer again. Um, so today we have one of my personal favorites on, Dr. Corey Offit. Welcome back to our show.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, it's been a while since we've had you. Yeah. Um, so today let's just like kick it off. Uh, Dr. Corey Offit is a family medicine physician at Phelps Health. So Dr. Offit, go ahead and just tell us a little bit about what you do at Phelps Health, what brought you back here. Let's start off with that.
0: So I grew up in Missouri um, mm-hmm. all my life. I actually grew up in Lebanon, just down the interstate. Um, I do full scope family practice uh, here at Phelps, I'm primarily over at the Blues Lake Bond Clinic, um, and I do pretty much all ages from mm-hmm. newborns up to elderly, um, and do all sorts of things: um, chronic care management, dermatology, sports medicine. A lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, the one I always think is so interesting is dermatology. How mm-hmm. did you even get into dermatology?
0: So during my residency program, um, I was at what's called an unopposed residency program. So our hospital, our, my residency was the only residency in the hospital. And so we got a whole bunch of extra experience and didn't have any other residents to compete with. And so we had our own dermatology clinic, we had our own pediatric clinics, our own OB clinics and things like that. And so I just developed a little bit of a niche in the dermatology clinic and just kind of took off from there.
1: Yeah, I think you're one of our only primary care providers that actually offers dermatology, right? So
0: all primary care do some dermatology Mm -hmm. generally. Um, I do a little bit more in-depth compared to some other primary care providers, so...
1: Yeah, very cool. So today we're talking about something that kind of pertains to all ages, all sexes. We're talking about annual wellness visits, yes. which is really cool, and those are really important, right? They
0: are very important.
1: Why are annual wellness visits so important, and what are they?
0: So annual wellness visits um, are preventative care, meaning that you're basically screening for things that could prevent, potentially cause some long-term issues. That's things like diabetes, high cholesterol, things like that. But you're also doing all of your immunizations making sure those are up to date for your age and other medical conditions and you're going through all of your cancer screenings and stuff like that based on your age as well
1: you know what's the value of everybody getting an annual wellness visit especially in you know times of a pandemic
0: one to make sure that your health is the most optimum that it can be making sure you are immunized to um, anything that could potentially cause some other major issues COVID included Um, But like if you've not been immunized for certain pneumonias and stuff, if you have asthma or diabetes or COPD, it's important to get those immunizations now because then if you would get those plus COVID, then it's even more detrimental to your health.
1: Yeah, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure if you don't go in, right? So who's eligible for an annual wellness visit? Anybody?
0: So anybody is eligible for an annual wellness visit. Um, There are some specific uh, wellness visits. So like... Kids have their own pediatric well-child visits at certain ages, and those can be are dictated by um, a lot of evidence-based research on when those are the best times to develop, uh, to go over developmental milestones, vaccines, things like that. But then, um, general age population between 18 and 64 that are your non-Medicare patients, non-pediatric patients, um, usually insurances will cover one annual wellness visit per year. Um, for females, you will you can have one annual wellness visit plus your Well Woman exam per year um, that are 100% covered by your insurance. Um, and then anything deemed preventative under your insurance as well should be covered 100% as well.
1: What about for males? Do they have anything in addition to their annual wellness visit that they can get like covered annually?
0: So annual wellness visits are pretty much the only preventative visit that uh, males generally get um, per year. Um, and then over the age of 65, then you go into your Medicare annual wellness visits as well, which a lot of people aren't super familiar with.
1: I know that we mentioned annual wellness visit, which is yearly, but whenever we talk about kids, their milestones look a little bit different, right? So they may they come in more than once a year.
0: So like in the first eight, or first year of life, for instance, you're usually in every two to three months for uh, pediatric wellness visits because that's whenever the vaccine boosters are indicated as well. Um, after one year, it's generally every three to six months. And then after um, three to four years of age, then it's every six months to a year.
1: Let's walk through what happens during an annual wellness visit. Let's say it's somebody's first time and they've never been before, what can they expect?
0: So generally you'll, you'll get a lot of questions as regard to any chronic medical conditions, any family history of chronic medical conditions, making sure your chart's completely up to date um, with any active ongoing problems as well as problems that are resolved. Um, And making sure all that's completely up to date, including like your medication lists and things like that. And then they'll go through all of your what are called preventative care uh, guidelines. So that's your immunizations and any screening tests that are indicated by your age. Um, And then making sure that those are all updated as well
1: if somebody has missed an immunization that they should have gotten whenever they were child and they're like 18 or like 50 Mm -hmm. can they still get that immunization
0: it depends on the immunization Um, there is a catch-up schedule after a certain age some immunizations aren't indicated any longer because they only affect primarily like example rotavirus is a virus that predominantly affects infants and so after a certain age if you've not had that vaccine they don't recommend getting it any longer
1: So whenever somebody goes in and they're visiting with you, what types of questions may a provider ask during an annual wellness visit that people probably should be prepared for or things that they should bring in to have, like, a more productive conversation?
0: So it very much, again, depends on their age and uh, Mm. chronic medical conditions. Um, So if you're 18 to 64, it's not as in-depth of... um, Significant personal questions in regard to um, end-of-life care, things mm-hmm. like that, that would be included in a uh, the Medicare annual wellness visit, which right now are being pushed a lot more, too, because of all this COVID stuff going on. And um, we'll get to that here in a few minutes. But, like, a general wellness, they're going to talk about any shortness of breath with activity, things like that. They should be doing a full, fairly detailed uh, head-to-toe physical exam as well, um, doing skin checks, reviewing any abnormal skin lesions, things like that.
1: So whenever you review these skin lesions, because I know you mentioned that you do dermatology, a lot of primary care providers Mm -hmm. at least have some type of experience in dermatology. Can you remove all of those during that appointment or does somebody have to schedule another appointment to do that?
0: It depends on the insurance. Um, Some insurances, like your government funded insurances, like TRICARE and things like that, need prior authorizations prior to. um, Same with like Medicaid, usually you have to have a prior authorization prior to any procedures like that. So it's important to know kind of at least a little bit about your insurance policy mm-hmm. and everything, and what can cannot be done during that. And usually, your providers can a lot will be able to figure that out fairly easily.
1: So I'm gonna ask um, this question and kind of laugh whenever I ask it whenever patients go in, can they ask questions? And I say this, whenever I started at Phelps Health, I had this wild assumption that you go into these annual visits and you cannot ask anything because if you ask anything, you're going to get billed for it, right? So I would go into these appointments and I would say, everything's fine, I'm healthy, uh, I'm, I'm good to go, I can leave. <laughs>
0: yeah. So again, it very much depends on what's going on at the time. So some providers will go ahead and address some like chronic medical conditions and things like that. And if it's nothing major, they may or may not uh, bill insurance for that outside of Mm -hmm. the wellness visit. It is possible to have other issues addressed during it. But again, it's gonna come down to your insurance. And so like a general wellness visit, you shouldn't have to have a copay for that or anything like that. But if other acute or chronic issues are addressed and things are changed for those chronic issues, then there is always the possibility that insurance won't cover that for the under the general wellness and be billed as a separate visit.
1: Very nice. So would, it, would that separate visit just be like the copay that you yeah. would pay normally? Okay, yeah. So it's not even like hugely expensive, right? Yeah. Now, what about family members? Can family members accompany patients during an annual wellness visit?
0: Usually, yes. Um, it will depend on the policy at the time with the current COVID guidelines and everything right now. Um, I believe our clinic guidelines are you can have one visitor um with you at any of the wellness visits or any clinic visit in general. um, If it's a pediatric wellness visit, generally we will allow both parents to be there.
1: Great, awesome. Yeah, I know it's kind of difficult right now because the COVID situation continues to change. So let's just take a second and talk about that for a minute. Um, So with this new COVID-19 variant, what does the landscape look like?
0: um it depends on the part of the country mm-hmm. that you're in uh i actually just saw that missouri is now the highest per capita of new COVID cases in the country um we are also hitting a higher positivity rate on COVID testing now than even new york city um and so it's very scary right now I'm, hospitals are running out of ventilators again uh hospitals are running out of icu beds i know phelps right now we just got a notification last evening that icu is completely full Um, And then there's hospitals all around the state that are completely full and and or out of ventilators. And so we don't have room for these patients. We've had patients sitting in the ER for days at a time waiting on beds to be transferred elsewhere. And so our immunization rate is very poor in Missouri compared Mm -hmm. to other parts of the country and other parts of the world. And it's a shame, really.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, what's interesting about it is that, you know, even in Phelps County, I think our immunization rate is only like 30%. So I don't think anybody was prepared for COVID-19 to hit as early as it has mm-hmm. this year in 2020. So what would you say to people who maybe are thinking about getting the vaccine? Um, what what are some words of encouragement maybe for them?
0: If you're able to get the vaccine, you very much should get the vaccine. I have both had the COVID Uh, Mm -hmm. infection back in November and I had the vaccine as well after the fact and it is not worth it to Mm -hmm. risk getting COVID Um, get the vaccine, you can have your normal immune response for two to three days after and that's very mild compared to what you can potentially have
1: yeah, to live absolutely. With after COVID. No, I completely agree. My husband and I had COVID too. I have also been vaccinated, um, but with this new variant, I I personally feel a lot safer because even if I mm-hmm. were to get COVID nineteen, which you still can, it's just yep, like the absolutely. flu, but my symptoms will be much less, they right? Are. Yeah.
0: Um, and then there's actually evidence coming out too that, <clears throat> particularly the two mRNA vaccines, are potentially making antibodies against uh, the Delta variant as well, which is the strain of COVID that's the most dominant mm-hmm. right now.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's super great news. So I digress, let's get back to our topic today. (laughs) So um, we talked about annual wellness visits, but there's another section to that as well called Medicare wellness visits. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that. How is a Medicare wellness visit different than an annual wellness visit?
0: So the Medicare wellness visits are strictly for those patients that are on Medicare, um, and it is more of a sit down and talk conversive type of wellness visit. still might have a physical exam, things like Mm -hmm. that. Um, But it's more to one, make sure that somebody's chart is 100% up to date, things that don't need to be in there are taken out, things that need to be added in there are put in, and to where that patient could be best taken care of Mm -hmm. if they would go into the ER or have to see another provider or something like that. Then we go through all of the preventative care guidelines and everything to make sure they're up to date on any immunizations any screenings like their colonoscopies bone scans things like that and then also making sure that um they don't have any questions in regard to that as far as like how do i get that vaccine where do i get that vaccine is it safe for me and they might be confused as to some of the information out there and think that they shouldn't get the vaccine because of rumors that they've heard about it and so we kind of have actually sit down discussions with them about that and answer those questions. Um, And then we also will go through all of their advanced directive questions and any barriers to care that they might have and see if we can get them set up to help prevent or break down those barriers for them. Mm -hmm. Um, The advanced directive is extremely important, especially in the time of COVID because they've been having a lot of patients come into ERs and hospitals where they were found unresponsive and they might be intubated and having CPR when they didn't want any of that done. And so having that all on your chart, having it updated, having a copy of an advanced directive or living will scanned to your chart is super, super important.
1: Yeah, so whenever those things happen, you know, the the medical things that we don't plan for in life, having those conversations with a primary care provider ahead of time really kind of sets them up for success, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah,
1: because you don't want to be having those conversations in the middle of an emergency. No,
0: and to... And then we also make sure we list who their healthcare agent or their who's gonna make their medical decisions mm-hmm. for them in the event that they're not able to and have multiple. So making sure that you have multiple people that you wanna list there. Because just listing your spouse, if something would happen and you're in a car accident,
1: with your spouse. With your spouse, yeah.
0: then we still don't have anybody to make your medical decisions. So, having at least two or three people listed that would be alternates uh, for that person as well.
1: Yeah, great advice. So, you mentioned advanced directives, um, having that, you know, living well ready. What are some other items that somebody should maybe bring to a Medicare
0: wellness visit? Um, if you have your immunization history, that's super important to bring with you. Bringing your medications with you to the Medicare wellness visit to where we have in front of us. We know the medications are 100% up to date. These Mm -hmm. are all the medications you have that you're taking. Um, And then anything outside records, if you have that we don't have access to yet, anything like that is super important to bring with you.
1: Yeah, why is it so important to bring your medications in? Because I'm sitting here thinking from somebody else's perspective. I could see people almost arguing like, well, I know what I take. Why do you need to know what I take?
0: So we need to make sure that we have the correct dosages, there's correct instructions in our system Mm -hmm. to where whenever people request those refills, they're not sent in inappropriately. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that way we're not also making sure that there's medication interactions and things like that we need to avoid.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, How often will Medicare pay for an annual
0: wellness visit? Every year. So So you can
1: keep coming back every year, right?
0: Every single year and I've been trying in my clinic, I've been trying to get them uh, to come in over the summer, particularly to avoid, having to come in during flu season and things like that as well to hopefully reduce the risk of mm-hmm. them being exposed. Um, and we have far fewer sick visits in the summer as well, and so there's a lot more openings in the summer.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you haven't scheduled yet, this is your, this is your plug. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so what's the difference between like a Medicare wellness visit and a physical? I know you said that a Medicare wellness visit, you have more of a sit down conversation, mm-hmm. talk about their overall wellness. How's that different?
0: So. The way I've got mine organized, generally, it's about the same. It's just a little bit more in-depth conversations, but I still do a full head-to-toe physical and everything else during the Medicare wellness as well. Um, It's not completely needed during the Medicare wellness um, by the Medicare's guidelines, Mm -hmm. but I just treat it as a normal annual wellness
1: who all can perform an annual wellness visit? Because a lot of people may not have a primary care established.
0: Mm-hmm. Any primary care providers can do an annual wellness visit. Um, and then, if you have, I believe, home health nursing can also do, provide annual me- or Medicare annual wellness visits. Um, generally, we try to just have primary care do it. That can be a nurse practitioner, a physician assistant, or uh, internal medicine, prim- uh, family practice. Mm -hmm. Um, Any of them can do Medicare uh, wellness visits, but we try to avoid doing them in the ER and immediate care clinics because they're not the ones that are gonna be following you on all these chronic conditions.
1: Yeah, well, and also we talk about annual wellness visit. What's the value in coming back every single year and Mm -hmm. establishing that relationship with the provider?
0: Well, making sure that one, everything's controlled or being monitored Mm -hmm. if it's starting to get bad. So if your blood pressure is slowly getting more elevated, it can be addressed before it causes damage or if you're pre-diabetic and not diabetic, you can take steps to hopefully prevent from becoming diabetic. Mm -hmm. And so just making sure that you catch things early to where they can be addressed, or you screen for them at least to make sure they're not occurring.
1: Yeah, I love that. On our last show, we talked about sleep apnea, which was Mm -hmm. really cool, and how sleep apnea can actually be a sign of a cardiovascular problem Mm -hmm. or vice versa. And um, the example that Dr. Yogi gave, he's our new interventional cardiologist, he had shared that somebody had gone too long with sleep apnea, and it had caused massive issues that Mm -hmm. were irreversible at that point. Yeah, and
0: it can lead to congestive heart failure, untreated sleep apnea, increases risk of diabetes, things like that, and so, and worsens hypertension as well. And so then that worsening hypertension damages your kidney, damages your heart, Mm -hmm. and then your kidneys control your blood pressure. Yeah. And so then you're, now you're stuck on medications for the rest of your life when you, Mm -hmm. in the Meantime, you should have just gotten on your CPAP machine, on got your sleep apnea treated, and you would have never developed any of those issues. Yeah,
1: and if you would have had an annual wellness exam, that probably could have been caught like years ago, right? Yeah, absolutely. So can somebody establish a primary care provider at an annual wellness visit if they don't have one?
0: Technically, yes. Um, it's ideal to already be established with somebody mm-hmm. before you do that, because then we already have your medical records and things like that. Because it would be, it's nice to have your immunization history and everything on the record to where we can actually review it all mm-hmm. prior to. Um, but technically, yes, you can still establish with somebody to do the annual Medicare wellness visit.
1: How do you establish ahead of time?
0: So you can just call and schedule anytime. You can. Uh, some providers are also taking appointments on my chart as well. Um, so, if you get signed up for my chart on Phelps' website, um, you can actually send a request to get uh, an appointment with any provider. Um, and you can pick a provider or you can be assigned one at random as well. Um, So it just, they just call the clinics and get Mm -hmm. established with them to just do an established care visit.
1: Yeah. This is a plug for phelpshealth.org. You can go online, check out our providers. A lot of them have bio videos. Um, they have really short synopsis summaries about, you know, what their care is, things that they enjoy. That way you can kind of get to know the provider ahead of time and kind of figure out, Hey, you know, Dr. Offit's going to be a great fit for me, or maybe it's going to be one of the other doctors. So definitely go check out phelpshealth.org. Um, how can seeing a doctor regularly lower a person's healthcare costs in the long run? I mean, as there a copay every time there are costs associated with that Mm -hmm. how do we convince people that there is value and that you actually save money by continuing to see a doctor on a regular basis
0: so the medicare or the annual wellness visits in general there shouldn't be a copay so even Mm -hmm. if you're just going in annually for that um just for screening purposes um that will reduce costs in the long run especially because if you pick up on elevations in blood pressure early diabetes and things like that and you can prevent the long-term complications from those. In the long run, you're gonna reduce the number of medications, the number of tests that you need. Um, I mean, heart attacks cost tens of thousands of dollars if you go into the hospital with a heart attack, and you would potentially prevent all of that um, just by making sure that these things are getting controlled early on.
1: Yeah, just by going in and getting your blood pressure checked, right?
0: Yeah, very cool. And then if you have a blood pressure cuff at home, bringing that into the clinic at least once per year to have it compared to the clinic cuffs to make sure that it's accurate as well Mm -hmm. is super important.
1: Yeah, and you guys can also help reset them, help Mm -hmm. somebody um, learn how to use it if maybe they have a new cuff. You guys help teach everybody that as well. And
0: making sure that it's the appropriate size and things like that Mm -hmm. as well.
1: Yeah. So you guys not only do preventative measures, you also do a little bit of education, which is we really do. cool. We do a lot of education. Yeah. yeah. So if you need any free education, schedule an appointment. Exactly. <laughs> so what's the value in focusing on prevention versus treatment when it comes to healthcare?
0: It's always better to be more proactive rather than reactive. So again, you want to make sure that you're looking for these things prior to them occurring and prior to them causing complications. Like I don't want somebody to come in with chest pain or stroke-like symptoms and be diagnosed with hypertension right then we should have been that we should have picked up a long time ago and treated before mm-hmm. it got to that point
1: will patients need additional screenings mm-hmm. or tests kind of like what you were just talking about yeah. picking that up ahead of time during an annual wellness visit
0: it depends again on their history so if they have a significant family history of certain things you might get some screening tests at an earlier age than what you would have otherwise so if a female came in and for her wellness visit and she had a mom that had breast cancer at age 45 normal mammogram screening starts at age 40 is the recommendations, but that person would then start getting mammograms at 35, which is 10 years prior to when mm-hmm. her mother was diagnosed.
1: So is that, let's take a step and talk about um, mammography. So mm-hmm. is that kind of the the going rate is 10 years before your mother was diagnosed?
0: So if you have a f- direct family history of breast cancer um, or a family history of ovarian cancer, then it's 10 years prior to the time that they were diagnosed that you would want the screening if, it's, mm-hmm. if that person was under the age... Of 50, which would have been, you start at Mm -hmm. 40 anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great to know. Um, so what types of questions can patients ask at, at an annual wellness exam? Because I had alluded to this Mm -hmm. during my first couple of exams, I was under the impression, um, and I totally just did this to myself. I think I just made this up in my head that you can't ask any questions.
0: Ultimately, you can ask any questions that you have. Mm -hmm. Um, every provider is a little bit different on how they'll go about addressing all of that. Um, sometimes providers might say, well, let's, have you come back and we'll discuss that further. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's, if the provider's okay answering it at that time, then I mean, that's based on the, the provider themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had a little bit of both. So I remember one time I went in and I had like very specific questions mm-hmm. that I just needed to ask. And I didn't have yeah. a lot of time that week or that day, whatever it was. And they said, you know, I can answer that question, but I'll have to build this as exactly. like a copay. And I said, okay, that's
0: fine. It was like 25 bucks. And nobody's going to, knock you for saying, is it okay to ask this? Mm -hmm. Like, is it going to cost me another office? It's okay to ask those questions. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's better to ask if you can ask it versus not, not knowing. And
0: general counseling questions, generally like general information questions Mm -hmm. that aren't requiring any changes in management, things like that should be able to be easily answered at a wellness visit.
1: Yeah. So another question I have is, you know, what are some health numbers that are important for patients to understand? Because they can't ask about that.
0: Yeah. And so What's the appropriate blood pressure for your age? For your mm-hmm. what are, chronic medical conditions you have? Um, what's an like appropriate amount of sleep that you should be getting? Like, should I be waking up this many times to urinate mm-hmm. at night? Things like that all play into normal health. Um, and then like diabetics, like what are your normal blood sugar ranges and things like that? And so that's all appropriate questions. Basically, anything that you want to know is I is mean, appropriate, is right? Appropriate.
1: Yeah, if you don't know, it's totally okay to ask. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Uh, what happens after an annual wellness exam?
0: So it depends on what is addressed at the annual wellness. So if they ordered your screening colonoscopy, screening mammograms, bone scans, things like that, um, then they should be calling you for those appointments. Um, if you don't hear for follow ups to schedule those appointments, then they should definitely, you should follow up with your primary within a one, one to two weeks. If you've not heard to schedule those, mm-hmm. um, if you get immunizations, you might have a no- normal immune response for a few days. That's your body aches, headaches, low grade fevers, fatigue, things like that. Um, if you had lab work done, you should hear back within a few days on the lab results. Um, it, it just depends on what you mm-hmm. had done at that time.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a really kind of wide and various process, right?
0: Yeah. And so like with even like checking your cholesterol and things like that, it's not, it's not the number that is actually treated. There's a lot more that goes into it than that. Like People can have risk factors and have completely normal cholesterol but still require cholesterol medications as a recommendation. Um, And it's based on what's called the ASCVD risk, which is your calculated risk of having a heart attack or stroke in the next 10 years. Um, And so anytime I get a cholesterol numbers back, I actually put it into a calculator that takes into account their age, their gender, the race, um, Mm -hmm. if they have high blood pressure, if they have diabetes, if they're a smoker Mm -hmm. and things like that. And it gives me a risk percentage. And I will actually always tell my patients what their risk is and what the recommendations are based on that risk.
1: I love that. That's great. Again, that's why it's so valuable to have a primary care provider. One more quick question before we wrap up. How can somebody schedule an annual wellness exam?
0: So again, you can do it, go through Phelps' webpage and through MyChart, if you already have a MyChart account, which is the electronic portal for patients to access their chart, um, some uh, providers will allow you to make direct appointments on their on their schedule. Um, you can call the main Phelps scheduling number as well or your clinic office directly um, just to ask for and make sure you're telling them that you want a wellness visit. Um, and if you're calling for the Medicare annual wellness visit, make sure you specify that you're calling for the Medicare annual wellness visit as well.
1: Great. Awesome. Uh, Dr. Offit, thank you so much for being here today. And Thanks for having me. Always a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> to schedule an appointment with a Phelps Health provider, visit phelpshealth.org. If you missed part of this show or would like to listen to it again, please visit phelpshealth.org.